Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, uh, love to you all from Chris and I. Hope you are still managed to, whatever the word you want to use, survive, uh, get through, endure uh, what is to some people the trauma, uh, the dilemma of lockdown. And uh, we look forward to seeing you hopefully soon uh, as things uh, continue to ease as that looks like what um, is going to happen. Um, I, I want to add some thoughts to uh, the ones I've already shared with you over the last couple of, of messages. Um, I hope that I can get across to you what has been stirring in, in my thinking, in my mind, in my heart in my spirit and uh, help you to um, an enlightened place in terms of another uh, vital step that we would do well to engage with and embrace and uh, express in our lives. I find it fascinating and intriguing that as early as the fourth chapter of the Bible narrative, we're introduced to an act of murder. Uh, yeah, just just we're only four chapters in now. Now, of course, you know, we could talk a long time about what those four chapters mean. And my views on that have changed massively. Um, I think their metaphorical value in uh, giving us patterns and models and processes and uh, uh, spirit far exceed any arguments over specific details, uh, scientific or historic. Um, but here we are, just four chapters in, and 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 the writers introduce us to an act of murder. The, the question would be why? I, I don't believe it's because they were making some attempt to uh, convey or express um, an extreme depravity in the nature of humanity. I really don't. Um, I think for me, it's more because those early writers, whether consciously or not, were conveying to us the role that acceptance would play in the unfolding of our lives and communities. And uh, uh, expressing that this issue of acceptance is so important that it warranted uh, a dealing with very, very early on in the narrative because that would dictate and indicate its tremendous importance in in the function of human life and uh, our existence together. Um, uh, so whether gay or straight or black or white or male or female, rich or poor, fat or thin, and any other of those comparative uh, seeming opposites that you uh, would wish to add in all of them are arenas where acceptance is of primary importance if we are to resolve within the debate the conversation the interaction 
um, the challenges to to um, loving community and uh, and uh, um, and and unmoving oneness and togetherness uh, in our shared humanity. Um, if you and I think this is one of the lessons that is going to be driven at. If you try to overweight the acceptance in any one direction, that means a preferential acceptance that says, well, you know, we should accept gay more than we should accept straight, or we should accept straight more than we should accept gay, or we should accept black more than we should accept white, or we should accept white more than we should accept black. We should accept male more than we should accept female. We should accept female more than we should accept male. We should accept rich more than we should accept poor or should accept poor more than we should accept rich and so on and so forth. Um, if you overweight it in any direction, here's what happens. You will create the equal and opposite problem to the one that you are trying to resolve. So the very issue of acceptance is meant to bring not a bias in one way or another, but to bring an equality so that love can flow within that sense of commonality and equality. Um, the classic verse in this story, which of course um, in Genesis chapter 4 talks about uh, these two sons of Adam and Eve, um, uh, which the names of which I'm sure most of you will be familiar with, Cain and Abel. And the story of how Cain and Abel, um, this is how the Hebrew narrators put it, and uh, uh, it best explains in their cultural understanding um, uh, the point that they are trying to make, and I think, I think sets a scenario for us that we can engage with and, 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 and draw from it this issue of, of the of the the importance of acceptance, because um, uh, Abel is a shepherd. He brings an offering from his flock. Uh, Cain is an arable farmer, and he brings an offering from the land. And, uh, you know, I've been around in this a long time, and I've, I've heard every viewpoint. And, uh, you know, at one time would have majored on the whole thing of, well, you know, uh, in the context of the time and in the context of, 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 of Jesus and the crucifixion, or Abel brought a blood offering because it was from the flock, was a lamb, um, which, which, which he could not give that life. Um, so, you know, it was really the lamb's life that was was meaningful, whereas Cain brought from the fruit of the ground. So therefore, Cain brought the fruit of his own labours, you know, and he tried to impress God by his work, where Abel just, uh, you know, gently submitted to God of what God had already provided. That Listen, there's, there's debates, conversations, doctrines, messages about all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to say to you, I don't think that was the point. And I don't think that is the point. I think in the cleverness of, of, of what I now see, the cleverness of the narrative of Scripture, what it's really drawing us to is that, is that um, the narrative says that, that Abel's offering was accepted, Cain's offering was rejected. So at the root of this, we have the struggle of two people wrestling with acceptance and rejection 
call listen those two things which are really one thing because it's it's the issue of acceptance rejection is just what we feel when not accepted that is right at the very central core of our human existence of our psyche of our whole being is is the need and the desire to be accepted the, the greatest individual struggle that any of us ever had if we were to break it right down past all the fluff would be the one of acceptance accepting ourselves accepting who we are accepting how we look accepting the shape of our body accepting where we live accepting accepting the social strata into which we were born accept it's all about and then of course that expands to others accepting us and us accepting others because so can you see how this 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 um issue of acceptance is brought in so early in the narrative because it is absolutely critical that we not only understand its importance but that we know something of how to deal with it so that we can have peace uh, in our being um, and so in Genesis 4 verse 9 I'm going to read the whole thing there's this classic verse from which one of the parts of this you'll probably be familiar with then the Lord said to Cain who because of his offering not being accepted and his brother's offering being accepted, Cain kills Abel. Cain murders his brother over the issue of acceptance. This is verse 9 of chapter 4 of Genesis. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? This highlights from the beginning this one basic human need that's common to us all and essential for an integrated society, the issue of acceptance. Want to know the power of acceptance? Well, it's right there. We, we've expressed it. We, we've, we've, we've stated it. You want to know the power of acceptance? Cain killed Abel over this very issue. And I would suggest to you that you have done it murdered you do it and will do it unless we make ourselves conscious of it i have done it i do it i probably will do it unless i make myself conscious of it we have to become conscious of it but we also have to in order to get this right think of it from all sides uh, we have to think about why Cain would react the way he did we have to think about why Abel would approach the situation like he did now you might say well it's sad because Abel finished up dead and and Cain you know Cain still lived um, and uh, because of grace had upon him not a mark of shame but but a mark of grace and uh, uh, but we should think of it from from all sides to try and get to grips with with this acceptance issue uh, for self, for others, for, for the situations we find ourselves in. And I, I, think, I think in that respect, the writers provide us with two key and important questions that we need to answer. And these were the two questions. Remember the verse, where is your brother? And the other question, uh, am I my brother's keeper? One asked 
to Cain. The other asked by Cain, where is your brother? And am I my brother's keeper? Now, I would say we're probably more familiar with the second one and we like to quote the second one, you know, am I my brother's keeper? But we're not so keen to quote the first one. But the first one is critical for answering the second one. Because the first one says, where is your brother? You see, knowing where your brother is, is an essential part of acceptance. <laughs> see, you've got to know where I am. I've got to know where you are. We have to take our energies, not in the frustration of the dualistic thinking of right and wrong and good and evil, but we have to take them to try and make at least some attempt in what is happening to know where your brother is. That would give us a gentler attitude to each other, even to those we disagree with, because if we know where our brother is, we've got more opportunity to know why they would be, do, say, what they're being, doing and saying. So, so knowing where your brother is, is an essential part of acceptance. Get the balance wrong and it will incite you to violence, not virtue, to murder, not mindfulness. See, because Cain could not handle the challenges of acceptance and to know where his brother was and to know what was going on in himself, it incited violence, not virtue, murder, not mindfulness. And it will still do the same in you and I, whether it's over personal issues in conversation, whether it's over the challenges we have through our own differences, whether it's over Black Lives Matter, whether it's over COVID-19, whether it's over Brexit, whether it's over general elections whether it's over race and creed and colour, whether it's over policies and politics, whatever it is over, get the balance wrong and it will incite violence and not virtue, murder and not mindfulness, where in one way or another, verbally, in thought, whatever, we kill our brother, okay? We murder our brother so that they are no longer part of the life that we are now living and then we do not have to deal with who they are, okay? So, so knowing your brother is an essential part of acceptance. Uh, knowing where your brother is, sorry. To quote a statement from an earlier talk, life is a pilgrimage. Be idealistic by all means, but don't be dualistic in your idealism. Thinking the world and the works of its inhabitants can be merely divided into right and wrong, good and evil, either or, in or out, black or white, master or slave, us or them, win and lose, reward or punish, heaven or hell. Life and people are much more complex than that. We do not get free of, if we do not get free of this, we categorize, label, and reject. Do you get that? We don't get free of that dualistic, binary thinking, the right, wrong, good, evil, all those comparisons. If we don't get free of this, we categorize, label, and reject. And in so doing, 
we murder our brother. You cannot live parts of life effectively while locked into this way. To quote Richard Rohr, uh, and in doing so to highlight the major challenge we face in developing and growing Q, non-dualistic wisdom is just not helpful when you're trying to form a strong group, clarify first principles, or demonstrate that your idea is superior to others' ideas. It severely limits your options. It forces you into the way of love. It invites you to see things from the place of inner enlightenment, not just the shallow wisdom of outward sentiment. Jesus put it this way, you have eyes, but you don't see. You've got ears, but you don't hear. And then he challenged by saying, and, and you have retained and reinforced that position because if you did see what those open eyes would allow you to see and if you heard what those unstopped ears would allow you to hear then you would change and be converted or in other words you could no longer react in the way that you would have reacted in the whole issue of acceptance it allows us then to reject and in that rejection to murder but in so doing we also murder something on the inside of us because we've missed the importance of the truth of acceptance acceptance is the thing that will help us make one another not murder one another and so today where is your brother you need to ask that and then you need to say, am I my brother's keeper? I love you. I'll catch you again at the weekend. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest. <laughs>